stolen goods. 271 pieces of art, to be more precise, with the name on it. Can anyone tell me what the name on the, those 271 pieces of art was? Toby? Jesus Christ. Good guess. No? Anyone else want to have a crack at it? Pablo Picasso. Um, now, this man, he claimed that uh, uh, Picasso himself, or maybe Picasso's wife, had given him those presents many, many years ago because of the work that he did on the house. Uh, experts have examined these works and they have come up with the conclusion that not even the greatest counterfeiter in the world could have produced them. They are genuine. And what about their value? How much do you think they're worth? $80 million. $80 million. Now, the man's wife said that she kind of looked at these pictures and she didn't think terribly much of them. So what she did was she just packed them away in an old suitcase and left them there for many, many years. $80 million. She had no idea how valuable they are. And friends, uh, many people treat the events of Christmas a bit like that, don't they? Uh, they, know this, they know about Jesus and his birth, but they don't actually understand and don't appreciate the value of Jesus' birth. And so, so tonight we're going to kind of open up that old suitcase and we're going to have a look at the birth of Jesus and how valuable it is. Alyssa is going to come up the front now. And Liz is going to read to us the Bible passage that's printed on your sheets, which comes from Matthew's Gospel, chapter 1. This is... Oh. Is it turned on? Hello? Oh, okay. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, <laughs> Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph awoke, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. Thank you very much. Well, a little boy came home from school, and he had to do a project on his family tree. And so he uh, went up to his dad, and he said, Daddy, where did I come from? And uh, the father thought to himself, I'm not sure that he's ready for this conversation 
at this stage, and I'm not sure I'm ready for it either. So the daddy simply said, well, the stork bought you. And then the little boy went to his mum, and he said to his mum, mummy, where did you come from? And she thought, I don't want to get into this. So she said, well, I was found under a gooseberry bush. Then he went to his grandmother and he asked her the question. And she said, well, the stork delivered me. The next day, the boy sat down to write his school project and it began with the words, there has not been a normal birth in my family for three generations. Friends, the birth of Jesus was not normal, was it? Uh, not because, not only because Jesus was born in a cow shed, uh, in a feeding trough, but because Jesus uh, was born to Mary, and as we've just seen in that Bible reading, Joseph and Mary had not been together. They had, had no union. Uh, Mary was a virgin. Now, it sounds like the birth of Jesus was impossible, doesn't it? And uh, that, by the way, is the very reason why we need to take very, very careful attention to this particular birth. Now, can you imagine how Joseph felt when it started to become very, very obvious that Mary was pregnant? Uh, in those days, by the way, uh, if you wanted to break off an engagement, uh, you actually had to go through a form of divorce. And Joseph considered doing that because he feared the worst. He thought that uh, Mary had been uh, not faithful. But he decided not to divorce her. And the reason was, as we saw in that Bible, Bible reading, that an angel of the Lord had come and spoken to him. That's incredible, isn't it? An angel appeared and spoke to Joseph. Now, these days, um, how do people pick names for their babies? You go through the baby names books, don't you? Uh, they tell me that the real trendsetters are the celebrities. The celebrities think that it's their mission in life to... Uh, think up creative names for little babies. But you kind of wonder, don't you, uh, if in the years to come that uh, little Peach's Honey Blossom uh, or little Tiger Lily Heavenly Harani uh, is going to look back and thank, God, thank Mum and Dad or not. That, by the way, is the, uh, the children's names of Bob Geldof with Paula Yates and uh, Michael Hutchins with Paula Yates, although uh, they tell me that the lead singer from Coldplay has named his baby. Who can tell me? Apple. Apple. Okay, all you Gen Y people, put your hand up. <laughs> Apple. But in the Bible, a person's name was loaded with meaning. And uh, Mary's child had two names in that passage. First, he was called Emmanuel. Now, Emmanuel means God with us. Friends, the great claim of the Bible is that the God, the creator of the universe, became a man 
uh, and that he was born in that stable in Bethlehem. Uh, Secondly, the angel said that the baby was to be called Jesus. Uh, The name Jesus means the Lord saves. And the reason that he was to be called Jesus, the angel said, was because he would save his people from their sins. I wonder what sin means. I heard about a man who was in court and the judge said to him, what have you been charged with? What's your offence? And the man said, well, I've been charged because I did my Christmas shopping early. The judge says, well, that's not a crime. How early did you do your Christmas shopping? The man said, well, before the shop opened. Now, you see, it's not just stealing, it's not just lying, it's, just not, it's not just hurting people that defines what sin is. Uh, friends, sin is not just the wrong things we do. Sin is the attitude of our hearts uh, that lies behind that. Uh, the real problem, of course, is that we don't put God in our, first in our lives. Uh, we might believe that God exists but in our heart it's so easy to go through life ignoring our creator and living as if he does not exist. Uh, We tend to think that we're better off if we live our lives our way without God and that's a problem. That's a problem because uh, well God is not particularly pleased with this. Now they tell me that there are four stages in life. Stage one is when you believe in Santa. Stage two is when you don't believe in Santa. Stage three is when you become Santa. And stage four is when you look like Santa. Now, the problem is, what about stage five? What comes after that? Well, the Bible says that uh, we're all destined to die and after that, that we will face judgment. And the problem with that, of course, is that there isn't one of us. There's nobody who has loved and obeyed God the way that we should. And so we all deserve God's judgment. But remember what the angel said to Joseph, that this baby would save his people from their sins. Well, how does he do that? I don't know about you, but uh, I think that we tend to love to think of Jesus as being that kind of cute cuddly little baby you know lying in the manger with the sheep bleating and the cows mooing it's a beautiful picture isn't it but that's not but when we think of Jesus only like that that's like taking those Picassos and stashing them away in an old suitcase the reason that God became a man was to save us from our sins And he did that 33 years later. When Jesus died on the cross, friends, the events we celebrated Easter, Jesus was being punished for our sins, for your sins and for my sin. The punishment that we deserved for the way that we treat God was being placed on Jesus. 
You see, when we uh, take a closer look at Jesus, we see that there is more to him than that baby in the manger. And I wonder if you would like to take a closer look at Jesus. I think it's an important thing to do. And if you would like to, I've got a little free gift for you this um, tonight. It's a little uh, pamphlet. It's called A Breathtaking Moment. And it explains in more detail uh, about that breathtaking moment in history when uh, God became a man so that he could die on, this, on, the, on the cross for us. I'd love it if everyone here was able to take one of these home with you today. And so there's a whole stack of them on the table at the entrance there and down at this table here at the front. Please feel free to take one. That would be our Christmas gift to you. Friends, each one of us needs to accept the gift that God offers, the, the, the gift of his son Jesus. And when we do that, we can receive forgiveness for our sins. How do we do that? We need to trust that Jesus died for us on the cross uh, and we need to turn our lives over to him to stop living for ourselves and to start putting God first in our lives. Many of the carols that we've been singing tonight um, actually express that great theme. And we're going to sing another carol now. It's called, Oh Holy Night.